Hello, welcome to Creating Portland. I'm your host, Pearson Coons, and on this podcast, I'll be interviewing progressive creators who are using their art to shape the culture of our city and beyond. I hope you enjoy this episode of Creating Portland. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our brand new podcast called Creating Portland. I'm your host, Pearson Coons. And on this podcast, we are interviewing progressive Portland artists who are using their art to shape the culture of Portland and beyond. And we're here today with Polly Lissacat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for obliterating it, just like the rest let's, of Portland um, Let's just clarify that pronunciation because I feel like everyone gets it wrong. Polly, hit us with that last name, would you, just to start us off? Um, a nice little Lisa Czech. It is Lisa Croatian. Czech. Yes. <laughs> and this is especially embarrassing because Polly is a close friend of mine, a co-producer of mine at Golden, Produc- Golden Pride <laughs> Productions, um, as well as a producer at Two Cent Productions. She is an artist who um, has been in the Portland area for her whole life and has been making films and media for years at this point. Yeah, I guess, uh, what is it, 2020? Maybe five years? Five years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. The question I'm asking all of my guests to kick it off is... How are you creating Portland? Right. Um, and this is as broad as you want it to be, or it is as specific as you want it to be, I but know. you are a creator in Portland, therefore you're creating Portland. Tell me, how are you doing that? Yes. Well, one, making decisions on whether to answer that broadly or specifically, can't make decisions for the life of me. So thank you for that pressure already. But after we talked about doing this, I've been thinking about that and my mind goes a hundred different directions because I feel like I, you know, grew up on many different sides of Portland. I was moving all across like Northeast, Southeast, Northwest and North Portland and back around. And, um, and then I left for five years for college down to Corvallis. And since coming back a year ago now, I feel like I'm relearning Portland. It's very different than where I grew up and what I knew Portland to be before coming back. And every time I came back and visited from college, it was a little different every time. And so part of my journey in creating Portland and creating in Portland is learning what Portland is now, because it is not the same as when I grew up. But I think um, in a beautiful way, it's growing, it's changing. And um, I wasn't really involved in the art scene a whole lot when I was younger. And so that's also new territory for me. But I am a filmmaker, a video producer, and um, I have now, I learned that and found that in my college journey in Corvallis. And now I've brought it back up to Portland. And I feel like I'm combining my my life in Portland with all the people and resources that I know of here now with my um, new journey down the filmmaking path. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into that. How did you, so you grew up in Portland this whole time. You weren't necessarily considering yourself an artist. How do you go from just rando Portlander to artiste Portlander? (laughs) Talk about that journey. 
Yeah. So growing up in Portland, um, like I said, I moved around a lot, went to a ton of different schools, like private, public, homeschool, everything, you name it. And consistently I was struggling in the classroom and that directly goes into my journey in becoming a filmmaker because mm. I was driven to find a way for me to learn, like just mm. simply learn. Um, I didn't know how I learned best. I had struggled with retaining information. Um, if I would just read it or watch it or hear it. And, um, when I discovered film production in college, which I'll talk about that, that um, I realized I needed a culmination of all those things to be working together. I needed to be present with people who were teaching me. I needed to have different ways of going over information and engaging with the information in order to learn. And that is, I mean, exactly what brought me to filmmaking and uh, mm -hmm. because I don't, yeah, like, oh my gosh, it, it was just a crazy process. So I was so interested and so, um, like, I just desired to go into education because I felt like I wanted to go into it to bring something new to it for people that the classroom leaves behind. And so I'm like, how can I work in this system that I really struggled with, but, and try to conquer it, but also bring a new spin to it. And so on my journey in college, I started in exploratory studies. And um, so through that, I got to try out a lot of different classes in a lot of different majors. And I just went balls to the wall and got involved with a ton of different stuff because I was like, I don't know how this is going to look. I um, didn't have a lot of information on how to navigate college beforehand. So I think that really worked in my favor. Uh, because I just tried anything and everything that presented itself to me. Right. And so I was going down the path of education and then found a social entrepreneurship group. And I didn't know what that meant, but when I learned about the group. Um, and for those of us that don't know what that means, can you sort of explain that? Yeah, gosh, how do I, <laughs> I know what it means when I'm doing it. How do I define it in a mm -hmm. sentence? Um, well, well, what did you do in the group? So it was, there was local, um, national and international projects that you would do in different communities. And it was all about um, bringing a new approach and new ways to, um, like of education into the community. Uh, mm. So like, for example, one that we did around Corvallis was teach a kid to garden. And so we went to a local elementary school, Garfield Elementary, and we would go to the classrooms uh, two times a week. And um, at the end of the day, then we would garden with the kids and teach them how to garden for like an hour, hour and a half after school, a couple of days a week. So, and then we also did um, a microloaning program in Nicaragua. And so, and what was really cool about that is that the money that was used for the microloaning was made from these from freshman year business classes um, where everyone everyone had a different group of uh, you know like five-ish people and everyone had to run a business so and there was a maker space in the place so you know you could make t-shirts or stickers or phone cases or mugs and you had to and it was a two-term class and you had to run a business and sell things and you, um, you know, got money to for initial investment, and then you had to turn around and make profit. And so all the profit from those classes would go into funding the microloaning program that was through the same college 
um, and then students who wanted to go could be involved in the microloaning project. And so we would, um, yeah, we would like make loans um, available for people in Nicaragua um, and also have financial literacy classes for them. And Mm -hmm. so they could um, learn about how to manage their money and specifically loan money in order to, you know, help them with like with their business. If um, a lot of people, a very common one was um, people making and selling tortillas, but a lot of people, um, if they didn't have a stove, they would need the money to buy a stove in order to make more, to sell more and sell in bigger quantities, for example. Mm. So, so you've always been sort of mission driven and sort of socially justice focused in your work. And then how does film slide into that. Right. Come into that. So it was on a, it was on a social entrepreneurship project trip. Um, this one was to Uganda and we were working with a local NGO, a non-governmental organization called Terra Wode. And mm-hmm. they, their mission was to empower the forgotten women of Uganda. And specifically, I'll try not to divert too much, um, but they, what was common for women is that they would suffer from obstetric fistula. Um, and so that was a thing with childbirth and um, like prolonged labor. And um, basically wow. it, it would leave these. And so they would get fistulas during childbirth and, um, and that, but there was no surgery and resources available to, to fix that when it happens. It's very common that it happens to people everywhere all around the world, but with our um, medical system, like here in Portland and here in America, it like, you don't even really know about it because it just gets fixed if it happens. And so Mm. it's like, sorry, kind of graphic, but it's like a rip in your, um, in your uterus and your bladder, I believe. And so it causes, yeah, I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrible. So it causes you, if you don't have it fixed, you, you, you leak everywhere. Like, so you can't hold anything in. It's, it's terrible, but it happens so often. And then with, um, the cultural attitude towards that, those women are then shunned from society. They are looked at as wasted women and they are forgotten. They are shunned by their family, their friends, they are left by their husbands. They're often left with you know, a stillborn baby. And um, Mm. so to bring it back, we were um, working with that organization and seeing how we could um, work with their rehabilitation program and because they would rehab women and, um, and then the women would learn how to make things and then sell them like whether, I mean, whether it was gardening or making necklaces or baskets or carpets, um, and then they would sell them. And so we found a way to like have a partnership through, you know, also selling their things back here and marketing them and then trying to like help fund the organization and like find grants. And, um, and then it was, they continued to do it for four years after that. But anyway, again, to bring it back on that trip, on that trip, um, a filmmaking crew from the university came with us to document the, I mean, the student experience, uh, but mostly Terawode and their mission and to make a, a short documentary and a short film about that. And so they were with us for two weeks out of the trip. And I was just so intrigued with what they were doing because, you know, we had to prepare for this trip pretty extensively. Um, but I got to learn how 
how they also had to do that. You know, you can't just show up with cameras and then film things and mm -hmm. go home and put something together. Like you, when you're doing documentaries specifically, you need to, you know, show up with an open mind. You need to do research before. You need to understand what you're walking into. You need to understand um, your role into what you're walking into and like, you know, how you identify and how that plays a role um, in that relationship. And so when we were there, you know, they were getting to take um, women from the organization aside and do interviews with them and to mm. dive into their lives and, you know, what they were doing, why and how, you know, their future, their past and everything. And it was just like, at the time, I knew I really wanted to be doing this work, but I felt, I felt really inadequate. I felt like the there was just so much education that I didn't have a strong background in to just mm. even just bring ideas to the table. Um, I felt like I didn't have a bank of ideas. And, but I was like, I know I can connect with people. I know I, I'm so curious about the world and I need to find an avenue for that to work. And I feel like um, because of my upbringing, I, have a pretty non-biased approach. I was, you know, constantly adapting to different communities and different schools and different people all the time. You know, I didn't have time to form a very narrow-minded opinion mm, um, mm, because I was like constantly moving and shaking and um, uh, shaking. What am I saying? <laughs> I was constantly moving and learning. You and could have been shaking. We don't know. I could have been shaking <laughs> the table again. But um, where was I going with that? What was the last thing I said? So you're looking for connection. You're looking for a vehicle to educate yourself right. and find a way in to these incredible stories and these things that you're passionate about, these social justice issues, these worldwide issues. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming you found it through film. Yes. Is where you were headed. And on that trip. Yeah, you're going to have to edit that story down like half if you can. Good luck. No, that was fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, so... And then when I got back from that trip, we were gone for a little over a month. And um, and immediately I just was trying to find film resources at the school. And mm. my friend was had just started getting involved with the student media program, um, specifically with Beaver News, because Oregon State Beavers. <laughs> um, right. And he was like, why don't you come to anchor auditions with me? Like, I'm going tomorrow at four o'clock. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, I want to go check it out, see what's up. And then, um, and so I did, and then they gave us a segment on Beaver news called questions in the quad. And so me and my friend today <laughs> would go out to the quad every week and there would be a different relevant topic every week, whether it was like spring break or the super bowl or midterms or just kind of, you know, whatever. And then we just interview people on the street, like Billy on the street style about nice. it. And that was like my first time, working with a camera and mm. being on camera. So it all, it happened at once. And so we'd take turns every week on camera and behind the camera. And that, <laughs> that's where it started after Uganda. And then, um, and then one of the filmmakers, Daryl, who, um, they, so there was post-production to be done after we got back from the trip. So, you know, they needed to continue to, uh, do interviews with the students after we got back and do voiceovers and all this stuff. And so he was coming in and out of the office where I worked um, with the entrepreneurship group and hmm. pretty often. And he had heard that I started getting involved in media production. And he 
said, you know, well, if you're serious about pursuing this, you know, we offer internships at our office. If you're interested, um, you know, you can send me over some of your work and what you've been working on and we can go from there. And I mean, man, at the time, I didn't realize how big of an opportunity that ended up to be oh, and yeah. how that was. I mean, it, it just, it changed my trajectory completely. Like it immediately gave me mentors in that field and people who were, um, I mean, using their role as, <clears throat> um, as university filmmakers, you know, in the marketing department, like, you know, that they're marketing mm -hmm. university, but then they're using, they're being so creative and so thoughtful and intentional of how they can go the extra mile to then just take advantage of the resources at, at a university pretty much. So, you know, they casually made a documentary about the decline of coral reefs over multiple years because a scientist wanted them to just make a couple videos on, um, on her coral project. But then they were like, okay, well, while we're there and going all across the world with you, let's maybe just elongate the trip a little bit and go into the communities and be talking to other people there and just you know, so having, being surrounded by that kind of like, well, this is possible. We just need to figure out how to make it happen. You know, mm. um, it just instilled so much energy, so much encouragement, um, was really eye opening, uh, for, I mean, endless reasons, as you can imagine for just what the possibilities are, you know, it wasn't like this. With is you, yeah. This isn't, it wasn't like, this is how you do filmmaking and this is what you need to do now and where you need to go. And, how you need to approach it. It's like, this is a way that we're taking, but then with really, they invested in me as a person so, so intensely um, and just really tried to understand me and my strengths and then give me opportunities based on that. So um, yeah. And so where does that leave you now? Like where, so you had these incredible experiences that shaped you into a filmmaker, then how does that bring you into today. You're looking for connection. You're looking to educate yourself. You're looking to be involved in all these cool things. Yeah. You've now become a fully fleshed filmmaker. Yeah. And how are those elements still in what you're doing today in Portland? So I am working towards the long-term goal of bridging educational access and film production because mm. I realized how, like I said, how much I was able to learn through the process of film production. So it wasn't about, I mean, I didn't come into film having seen a hundred films and movies and been, <laughs> you know, a film buff in, in that way. Like if anything, I've seen next to nothing and it's embarrassing, but, um, but I realized, I mean, you don't need to have that in order to be a filmmaker. Uh, there's so many other, um, avenues for inspiration to use the medium and to use it for good. And so now what I'm trying to work on is how can, how can you bring film into an educational role? So how can you inspire people to collaborate and figure out something, for example, that they want to learn about? So if we're talking like, and I would love to bring this into like elementary school classrooms, middle school, mm. high school. High school seems like definitely tangible for what I'm thinking of. Excuse me. <laughs> Told you it was coming. <laughs> you know what, CJ, leave that in. Uh, this is the raw, real truth is, right here. It is a talent of mine, I will have to say. I won many Belgian competitions starting in sixth grade, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but um, I... 
I mean, there's so much of the process. I mean, you can't, like we said, you know, you can't just show up in a community and, and um, be like, let you know, bring a camera, let me tell your story. So mm. there's research to be done beforehand. There's collaboration and teamwork to be done, uh, which is an invaluable thing to get under your belt. Um, and you... And then there's building relationships with the people that you'll be working with who are both in front and behind the camera. And then there is the interviewing process and then diving into those stories with people, but then you're getting like the in-depth version of it. And then where I think the learning gets pounded into your brain is when you're editing, because when you're editing, anyone who's an editor out there, God bless your heart, because it is... It is a tedious process. There is no such thing as a quick edit unless it's going to be a bad one. But you have to be going over that information and listening to it again and again and again and again to a point where you literally have the inflection of their words burned into your brain. And then you can, you'll be able to recite the documentary that you made <laughs> forwards and backwards and upside down because you've heard it so many times. But that's where you, where you actually like get to memorize it. And then you have to be... Um, one of my mentors was like, a documentary is, um, is just like an essay, you know, um, it's like a, a five part essay, you know, um, <laughs> classic five paragraph. Yeah, yeah, classic, classic. And so it's not like you're just putting random stuff together from a conversation, you have to think, how does this tell a story? And with each sentence, like, you know, does this sentence give, does it add anything? Does it, you know, if I take it out, does it miss an important part of the picture? Because you are, mm. I mean, you're taking a truth in the world, specifically with documentary, you're taking someone's full truth and you have to edit it down. So there's almost, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that because um, it is your impression of their truth and of the story. Mm. And, Interesting. You're, you are putting yourself in that, um, whether you think you are or not, just because you're working with that and you're, it's coming from your brain and you're making the decision of what gets told and what gets left out. So, um, so how do you grapple with that conundrum, that sort of, I guess, power to tell someone else's story? How do you handle that? I try to do it humbly and with humility. I ask for a lot of feedback. I, um, I I think I walk into spaces and situations with an open mind and not a preconceived opinion um, because, mm. I mean, there is the the back and forth with who, who you're working with. Like, here's a draft, you know, give me what, um, like your edits or your thoughts and critiques and give it back. And um, how do I grapple with that though? Like, that's a hard question too. I yeah. don't know if it, I mean, I, it right now, but it is fascinating that you have to do that every day with your documentaries and with your work in telling people's true, real stories. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really just try to use my, I guess like my, my background to my advantage with, you know, feeling like, I mean, obviously we are all biased in, in certain ways. Um, and oh uh, my goodness that it, it's i mean with what with power comes great responsibility and mm -hmm. so i just i feel like i i try to be as open as possible to critique and um and mistakes and um and failures because i know that inevitably i'm gonna end up putting something together that gives a wrong or potentially bad mm. impression 
of something. Um, and, but I also spend a lot of time building relationships with people. And so I feel like I, I do the work on the front end with understanding as much as I can before I'm bringing a camera into a space. Mm. I am making myself sound like some renowned filmmaker who's made up documentaries <laughs> right now. Like I have done the work and this is what I do with every project. It's like, uh, <laughs> But you have done the work. You've done several documentaries, lots of incredible interviews, right? Yeah, and I I am really, really happy with with the work that I have gotten to do and have been invited to do. And um, I will never take that for granted. And so I think just with every piece comes like really, really deep reflection both with myself and with the people involved and the people whose story that I'm telling and making sure that you're like, okay, what, what could have gone better about the process? You know, where did we run into obstacles and how could we have avoided those? And every documentary project is going to be insanely different, but I think that it can still carry on into the next, into the next. And um, I think it just comes down to understanding your place, building those relationships, um, mm. really genuinely. And, you know, you have to, you have to care about whatever you're, whatever you're telling a story about in order to do it. And I think that if you, if you don't care, it shows. And so I don't think it can mm. be done well if you don't care. Um, so I think that hopefully weeds people out who are doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, you know, being, I, <laughs> I think there's some fantasy idea of what being a filmmaker can look like or being, you know, film director, you know, would a lot of people think of Hollywood and big budget films and, and stuff. And that is a reality for some people, but um, you're not going to live a strong, fulfilling career or life if you are not passionate and actually care about what you're doing if you're doing it for the flashiness or for the clout like you'll you'll mm. burn out so actually never mind because you'll realize like <laughs> it takes so much more work than it is to look cool to do something so well i think that's what's interesting about the portland film scene is we don't have that sort of glitz and glam and that prestige of hollywood or new mm. york or anything so which i love which you love. So tell me, this is what I want to know. What do you think of the Portland film scene as it stands right now? What, how would you describe it? What do you like about it? What do you not like about it so much? Mm -hmm. um, okay, so what I've at least learned about the resources that are available, I think that uh, I wish I had more relativity to other places to be able to compare it to other places. I don't. I'm curious mm. with you living in New, New Orleans and doing film school, like if you have a strong comparison that mm. made you recognize certain things in Portland that you knew, but didn't realize how much they stood out until you realized how things are different in other places. So I do want to throw that question back at you. <laughs> Sorry. But how is it for but, you? Like, yeah, what are you for saying? me. Right, right, right. Um, that I think that there's a lot of access here through places like um, like Open Signal or Northwest Documentary or especially an mm. uh, organization like Outside the Frame who specifically work with, uh, with houseless youth. And um, 
you know, and that's like, that is breaking down an educational barrier and educational access um, mm. at its finest. And so I think there's such a DIY culture around filmmaking and it's very, it's very rough. It's very raw. It's very, um, I feel like I, I never know what and what to expect with like the next film event I go to or the next short mm. film batch of episodes that I find online from Portland. And um, I think there is a huge push and understanding for like elevating the right voices in the right time, like specifically, mm. I mean, around marginalized communities. And, um, and I think that for being the widest city in America, um, I'm not going to like pat Portland on the back for that um, for, because I, I mean, there is a lot of work to be done there and still so much work to do, but um I think that I at least see um, what's the word I'm you see you see the art scene working towards that. And I'm noticing yeah. the same thing, too, especially right now in this Black Lives Matter movement, that right. this most recent iteration of the movement is that there is a lot of emphasis on elevating those voices right. in the Portland scene. And I think that what um, and what I've been able to see is that, like, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't there before um but now it's actually like you said be, being elevated so i think i was disappointed for a little bit to see like wow there has already been so much content in filmmaking and art um by you know amazing bipoc creatives who have just not been who have, who have not had their films like on the forefront of things and so i'm happy that they're surfacing now and getting the light that they deserved and there's still so much work to do in, in that way like we just said but um you know I think there's a disappointment that like okay is is it just because you don't like don't want to look bad that now we're mm. elevating those um those voices and those stories because that's what the rest of the country is doing and that's mm. what everyone else is doing and so um and obviously there's a lot of frustration from so many people around that, you know, like why, why wasn't this a priority before, you know, before everyone else yeah. was doing it. Um, but that isn't to negate the the efforts that I've, that I've seen from people around, like really trying to, to elevate those voices before. Yeah. There's that fear of that we're sort of entering this optical allyship of just yeah. now's the time to show it off and then we'll forget about it in a little bit which right. hopefully isn't the case so then yeah. i guess that's my last question for you is what's your hope for portland mm. finish us out what is your hope for this portland art scene oh my gosh um well first and foremost my hope is that the start of this can the, the start of the rest of this can begin with Teresa Rayford for mayor. I live, love, and support her and will be vocal about that because um because the the ripple effects from that and from leadership like hers, who has been active at with a capital A in the Portland community. I mean, she grew up mm -hmm. here, she actually knows the place. And I realized too with creatives, like I so many people that I'm meeting right now, like so many people are not from Portland and it's weird to feel like, mm. Oh, Whoa, what, what, <laughs> you know? And, but you know, she is from here. She knows the city through thick and thin and she knows what has been working and what definitely isn't working and has a huge focus around elevating, um, around elevating artists and 
mm. elevating communities that need to be invested in and doing that in, um, you know, in, in progressive ways. So my hope is that Portland can have a more humbling moment in real in recognizing mm. their past um, or our past and our history and doing the groundwork to actually change and reverse that. So not just be putting a bandaid on things, but actually be willing to, mm. to change the structure of things to make it work for everyone because it's not working for everyone. And, um, and so my hope is that we don't remain the widest city in America for forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, but that, people, you know, that, that the education in the classroom will start changing from, uh, from a younger age or at a younger grade level. And so that way, you know, we do start bringing up a new generation of, of excited, engaged, and actually well-rounded, educated people to run the city and, um, and, you know, put themselves aside and put their egos aside and, you know, run it like a community because there's so many great communal aspects about Portland. Like when you're an artist in the city, it's, it's like you, like uh, it's, it is a, no matter what kind of art medium you're working in, it feels like mm -hmm. you, you run into a lot of the same people, uh, no matter what they're doing. So whether you're a photographer, musician, filmmaker, or visual mm -hmm. artist, like, it seems like there's such an intersection between all of those and that makes it feel uh, that makes it feel small in a good way. So mm -hmm. yeah, and I, and I feel like people have empowered each other here in the creative community rather than using people and stepping on them to get above and get to the next thing and get ahead. And um, you know, I, I've never lived in LA or New York or other big film hub places, but um, that has been what I feel like I've understood and grasped at places like mm. that is just that there's not as much, uh, is genuity a word like genuine, but genuity mm, is yeah. it? Sure. Genuine nature. Genuine nature. Yeah. Community. So it feels like people really actually want to help their peers succeed here. And I love that so much. Um, yeah. I love how your vision of Portland is so tied to politics, to engagement, to social issues. And it, like the art scene can't be separated from any of that. And I love that that was sort of your intro to art. And now it's sort of you're using your art to connect those things again. So it's, yeah, it's just incredible what you're doing. It's been such an honor speaking with you. Likewise, Pearson. Thank you. For Thank everything. you so much for being here. Polly Lisa Chat. Killed it. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> say it loud. Say it proud from the rooftops. This is an artist to look out for y'all and a good friend of mine, of course. Thank you. Oh, bye. Um, <laughs> and where can we find you, Polly? On yeah. the internet. On the internet. Um, you can find my Instagram at Polly Quinn. Quinn with three N's asking okay. why I do not <laughs> I mean Quinn with two N's wasn't available um and then at goldenprideproductions.com and twocentproductions.com and um I think that's it
I know. I don't have my personal website up and running, but uh, when I do, it will be polylisacheck.com. So look out for that, y'all. And of course, all of those will be linked in the description below. And you can follow us at Creating PDX on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Creating PDX. This is your host, Pearson Coons. Peace out, y'all. And uh, see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Creating Portland with me, Pearson Coons. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at CreatingPDX or on our website, CreatingPDX.com. This podcast was brought to you by Wolf and Thunder Productions and Golden Pride Productions. See you next time. Bye!